never, ever marks this spot. I am altering the deep. Pray I don't alter it any further. Most of the intelligence community doesn't believe he exists. The ones that do call him the Winter Soldier. I'm Batman. Dracarys. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Top 5 Report, the podcast that hopes that after this episode we will be up to five meow meow beans. My name is Drew. I'll be your host for the evening. Along with me, as always, is my brother Peter. Here. Hey, man. <laughs> uh, you ready for take two? Because <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know if we were gonna say anything about it. No, I just figured I'd make a laugh because we went on a lot longer than I thought. So technical difficulties. This is uh, a second attempt at, uh... <laughs> and technical difficulty is... means I just didn't hit the record button. <laughs> I feel <clears throat> like most podcasts I listen to, I hear at least one episode where they're like. So we just recorded a two, or we just went off and did a two-hour podcast and accidentally hit, didn't hit the record button. So <laughs> luckily, we noticed it way. We sooner we than noticed that, it so. like we noticed it like two minutes in. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, um, I, there's not really much to recap other than uh, the, the people missed out on us talking about other than us looking forward to wearing masks for the foreseeable future. But yeah. it's good to be a comic book fan because I'm gonna go have to go get like a really cool mask now. Um, we did feel pretty accomplished that there's a not a lot of virus stuff to talk about this week, which is awesome. So, well, not a lot of new virus stuff um, because the country seems like it's gonna reopen a little bit, but this virus is here to stay. So, um, yeah, they're gonna it's gonna be like a weird soft opening, I guess you could say. But hey, what what can you do? Um, anyway. Uh, the uh, what what um, let's just jump right into it because we got news. So um, what are we watching? What are we reading? Sorry to make you retread that a little bit, but <laughs> oh, no, it's okay. Um, I was mentioning like I'm currently trying to catch up on uh, The Walking Dead because this past season, after the mid-season break, I totally fell off the show and uh, hadn't watched like any episodes since. And uh, it's kind of funny since I've already. <laughs> described a lot out of this but there's <laughs> a funny good. thing that happened during the show because so many of the old characters have either left the show or died off and i found myself watching the show um you know after spending like a little bit of a lapse in time without watching the show trying to catch back up trying to like jump back in and there's so many characters that i was like wait who is this again <laughs> wait why should i care about this character um and now I'm at the point where I've only got a couple episodes left this season, but I'm actually pretty impressed that I'm actually, like, super into the show again. And, like, like I said, there's a lot of new characters, but the couple old ones that are still around that they're focusing on I think are doing really interesting things, you know. I still love Negan and Daryl and Michonne and stuff, and um, some of the new characters are cool, too. It was just kind of this weird thing where I just <laughs> kind of forgot about them. Um Regardless, I think I'm destined to be a Walking Dead apologist at this point. I think I'm going to be watching that show forever. Um, and there's actually a funny, one of the last, most recent episodes I watched, there was this moment where two of the younger characters were, were talking to each other. Like it was these two like 
teenage characters talking to each other. And I was thinking like, man, I bet in so many years, these are going to be like the leaders of the group. These are going to be the main characters of the show. And then I was like, I wonder if the show is going to last that long. And I had this like epiphany that like, I think Walking Dead is going to become a soap opera. Like I think, because it's one of those things like Rick is no longer on the show and the show is still going. And I just think it's going to go like forever. (laughs) Well, <laughs> because it's one and it's one of those things. There's a lot of people who were fans of the show and no longer are, and who have left. Um, who you know they don't watch it every week. But I still think there's that core fan base who are just going to keep watching it no matter what. And it's kind of funny to me. Like I feel like you know, is that 20 years from now, is this show still going to be going? You know, and it's kind of a funny thought. I you know I had, but no, it's not. That's, a, it's that's not a bad thought at all. I w- so Kirkman. Robert Kirkman, who created The Walking Dead, was asked about how he was going to end the comic book. Yes. And in, in that original interview, he said that he wants to end the comic book so many years after the, the show has ended that no one will notice that the comic book has ended. Um, and Kirkman, um, if you know, last year, Kirkman ended Walking Dead as a com- yeah. as a comic book, and nobody noticed. They literally just went, this is the last episode of Walking Dead, or issue of Walking Dead, put it out, and that was the end of the discussion. So now the show is just kind of on its own, and yep. um, and they're, uh, and now the show will continue on, and no one noticed the comic book ended. Do you know what exactly. I mean? So, like, he got what he wanted. The show being a soap opera is kind of why I stopped watching um, like I just, I fell off the bandwagon a long time ago and I don't know if I'm going to be able to get back on. So, <laughs> yeah. And it's one of those things, um, I'll admit, and I don't know what season it was, but, uh, the show did this thing where Negan showed up at the end of, uh, whatever season it was at the very end of the season, Negan first shows up and, uh, he killed a character and I'm not going to say who it is cause I don't want to give five-year-old spoilers or whatever, but the very, the very next <laughs> okay. season where everybody was so amped up about it, and like, oh, shit, Negan's here, like, we're so excited, and then the very next season was very slow-moving, and I think it was just, like, a huge disappointment, and since then, in my opinion, the show has picked up a lot, and there's actually been some really good seasons since, but I think there is just, like, that initial disappointment that, that just lost so many people you know and like you said like those people everybody who left the show is probably not going to come back but it does seem like there's enough people still watching it that the show is going to keep going and it was just kind of this weird uh, realization i had when it's these two younger characters Ah, 10 years from now these are going to be like the main characters of the show you you broke up there for a second were you going to say something you broke up there for a second I I heard two younger characters what oh just I was just reiterating the idea that these like younger characters are eventually going to be the main characters of the show sure and it's going to be a soap opera and it's going to go on forever and it's kind of just a I mean I could be wrong but it's kind of a funny thing that I thought of there so I got you okay Um, and then other than that, um, I literally just started this other TV series, but I'm pretty in, like, I think it's pretty good. <laughs> I've only, I literally started it this afternoon and I've watched two episodes of it. And that series is The Stranger on Netflix. I don't oh, know if okay. you're familiar with this I kn- at all. I know what it is, um, but it's not something I've had a chance to look at yet, so. Okay, so all, like, all I really know about it is it's based off a book, um, 
it, it's, it's a British series, um, and it's one of those things like, uh, so I've talked about the show The Sinner in the past, and yeah. this, this show The Stranger actually reminds me a lot of The Sinner in certain ways, where the show starts off and there's like something ridiculous that uh, you find out about the main character of the show, and then that's what keeps you watching, where you're just like, okay, I need to figure out why this ridiculous thing happened and how this all unfolds. And while you're waiting to find out, like, you know, how this first sort of issue is settled, there's all these other, like, intricate details that start coming out of the woodwork. And it just seems like this really good mystery thing. And like I said, I'm only two episodes in. Um, I'm enjoying it so far. I think it's something next week I'll have a lot more to say. But so far, I think it's awesome. So cool. <laughs> there you go. No, that's awesome. All right. Um... Yeah, I'm. I'm curious to hear your review because I was interested. In, I was interested from what I saw, so I'll I'll wait for your review before I uh, dive into it because I don't know if I'll have time before you get a chance to watch it. Um, right on, right on. Um, is that, that so? That's all you've really gotten a chance to dig into. Yeah, pretty much. Um, How about you? Well, I've watched Community. Yeah. And that's about it. Um, <laughs> nice. like, I'm watching Community on Netflix, so it's like you know, episode here, or there, that kind of thing. Maybe a couple at a time. Um, but because I'm still, because I work, um, I don't have the downtime to just binge through stuff. And so literally I've just been watching community. Um, however, something that really cool is, is my son is finally old enough to like understand, like he plays video games here and there. Sure. Like what, per, what, who doesn't at this point? Yeah. Um, but like, he's always like focused on like, you know, he's playing like the Mario's and like Fortnite and you know, He's playing like Animal Crossing. He's not playing like he's not playing like Call of Duty and stuff. I don't know if you've ever sounded more like an out, out of touch dad than when you said he's playing the Mario. Well, because I, I thought about it, because I was about to say I was about to name titles like Mario Odyssey and Mario yeah. Maker and Mario Kart, and I'm like, no, he's playing the Mario's. Like, there's a lot of them. <laughs> no, I get it. Like, he's playing multiple Mario games, but I just I like the idea of like a parent going into a kid's room, like, "Oh, are you playing the Mario?" The <laughs> right, and I and I'm definitely not an out of touch dad because I play all the stuff with him. But yeah. um, it was just like, wow, there's a bunch of Mario's in the house. Um, but no, he's been doing that, and he's been playing the he's been playing Fortnite, and but he's not playing like the Call of Duties and the shooters that I want to play. And because okay. of the because of the like quarantine, we've all been like a lot of us are home on the weekends. And when our nephew uh, takes a nap, some of us are getting on our Xboxes and playing Halo. And yeah. uh, just doing, like, custom games, running around, killing each other. And it's been a lot of fun. Well, my son joined us one day and had a blast playing. So now he's, like, all about playing Halo with me. But he doesn't want to play, like... <laughs> but he doesn't want to play the multiplayer. He wants to play all the stories. So that's a lot of hours. <laughs> so yeah. when I'm not watching Community, I've been, like, playing Halo with him. So... It's kind of cool to go through those games again just for the story value. Um, That's pretty fun. Because That's there's cool. because there's a new Halo game coming out later this year, so I'm. It's kind of nice to get a refresher in terms of the story. Um, and then the other thing I've been doing is uh, uh, I am going to be I'm teaching starting Sunday, so this coming weekend I'm starting uh, I'm teaching a class uh, for the Park District on how to play Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> <laughs> I had a feeling that's what it was going to be, but <laughs> um, <laughs> that's awesome. It's a, it's an introductory class where it's just like, you know, Dungeons & Dragons has like gotten this massive, 
we've talked about how it's gotten this massive resurgence in popularity, not just with like celebrities and like the regular gaming crowd, but like Big Bang Theory promotes it and like Stranger Things promotes it. And it's become this thing where um, I feel like it's this weird like cult where you have to know people that know how to play to even get involved. Like it'll come up in conversation and there's always someone in the room going, um, I'd like to know about that. <laughs> like, how do I get yeah. into that? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they just have to like say it out loud, and, but, but in a weird way, they don't want to say it out loud. <laughs> like, it's, <laughs> yeah. I absolutely. just think, I just think it's kind of funny, but it's an awesome thing. And this is a perfect time to sit and do it. But so, um, and as much as I'd love to do it in person, I have to do the class uh, virtually. So I've been spending a lot of time this week figuring out virtual table, playing with virtual tabletops on the internet, and like, how what's the best way to do this with to teach these kids and that kind of stuff. So nice, that's awesome. Um, so yeah, that'll be cool. Um, but that's what I've been up to. That's why I haven't watched more than just Community. Um, however, the gentleman, the new Guy Ritchie film uh, with Matthew McConaughey. Uh, Probably, and I don't know if it was one of the movies affected by the COVID nineteen nonsense, but because um, it might have gotten a real short run in the theater, but it's now on demand for like rent. I've been dying to see that movie, so that's on, that's like top on my list of stuff to check out. Um, that's so awesome. Um, I'll have what's a. What's the gentleman about? Do you know like a brief synopsis? The or? gentleman. It's from what I get from like the trailer and the interviews and stuff that I uh, sat through. Um, it basically it seems to me like Matthew McConaughey is a con man trying to take down a drug a drug lord. <laughs> okay. Um, but Guy Ritchie is responsible for bringing us like Snatch and uh, Rock and Rolla and um, Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels and like he's like. His movies are great, so I'm really excited to see this. And the trailer for the gentleman just looked phenomenal. I'm like, I can't wait. So that's awesome. Yeah, it's been. I don't know if I've seen a Guy Ritchie movie for a while, but he was like, for a while, it was like, if it was a Guy Ritchie movie, I knew I wanted to see it, sort of thing. So yeah. I think he's an awesome director and stuff. Um, sorry to. Oh, like. Where can you watch that? Just like on I know, Amazon sort I, of thing? I or? know it's on demand. Like like Xfinity has it for rent on On Demand. Okay. I have not looked it up anywhere else. I just saw it sitting there when I went to On Demand to see if there was anything new. And I'm like, ooh. You know? Okay. So as soon as I get a moment, I'm going to be watching that. So. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Sorry if I missed you say that before. No, no. It's just I just said On Demand, but I didn't really say where. So I saw it on Xfinity. <laughs> so hopefully uh, it's elsewhere too. But, um, nice. All right, man. You ready to get into some news? Yeah, sounds good. All right, we're going to talk about the first sad... There's one sad one I got. Is it? Is that the only sad one? Yeah, I think <laughs> I think there's only one sad one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, San Diego Comic-Con has been canceled. Oh, uh, okay. I had a feeling this was we all We all had a feeling it was going to be coming, but this is the first time it's been canceled in 50 years. Um, 50? And I, 50 okay. years, and I didn't realize that it had been running for 50 years. Um, so... So what? is it like it's been? And this is the first time it's ever been canceled, or yeah, yeah. has it been okay? Yeah, first time okay, it's ever cool. been canceled, and I, and I don't, um, uh, and I don't, uh, I, I, I don't, I don't think we all, any of us thought that the the convention was not going to get canceled. I think we all expected it to happen. I think we all expected the cancellation to happen. It's just like oh. Um, yeah. hopefully there's something digitally that gets done for some of the announcements because like, like E3 getting canceled and then the developers all said, well, we'll try and, you know, like Microsoft said, they're going to do something digitally. Cool. You know, um, hopefully there's something that happens. Um, it sounds like there's going to be, um, 
some celebrity related stuff for Comic-Con, um, where like some, I guess some of the bigger name celebrities are going to do some like interviews online and stuff like that about some upcoming stuff. So there might be something digitally as opposed to like the normal stuff that we would see. We're not going to get panels for sure, but, um, I don't know. I don't know what we'll end up with, but I mean, I technically, I guess they could do panels. It just wouldn't have the audience there. Yeah. Um, sort of thing. But I, I'm also kind of curious with how many movies have been postponed and everything. I'm curious, like what kind of announcements are going to, there's going to be around Comic-Con. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. That's what like, I, it's usually big movie announcements that everybody goes nuts for. And if a lot of those are <clears> postponed or production's been halted and stuff like that, it's just, yeah, I'm really curious. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going to literally roll through these stories. Usually I kind of clump them together, Marvel, DC, all that stuff. I'm literally going to roll through them in the order that they appeared. Um, because I grab these, <laughs> I grab these stories as I find them. And for the most part, they're not really like topical in terms of Marvel versus DC, that kind of stuff. So, um, Batman and Robin star Alicia Silverstone wants another shot at playing Batgirl. Okay. Um, <laughs> it's not really a news story. It was more of a, mm, no. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I, I, unless she does something for like the CW for some weird, like multiverse crossover thing like they do with crisis. I don't, and, and unless for some reason they want to entertain the idea of making her like Oracle or something for like the Batgirl movie, I don't see any of that stuff happening. So I was going to ask like Oracle, um, or just like an older version of the character, but, um, I think that's something that's totally CW's territory with yeah. how many actor like old DC actors they've brought back to different shows and stuff. Like I could definitely see that happening there. So I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> we will. Um, all right. So this is kind of a, um, I realize I'm on a little bit of a DC thing right now, but it's fine. Um, the Batman has been delayed. Um, I think we all knew that was a thing, um, because the production got halted due to COVID-19, but the movie release date's been moved. It was always planned. It was always planned for a 2021 release date, but it's actually been pushed back during 2021. Um, I know it has to do with the production hiatus, but um, I thought I'd point that out because with the Batman being delayed, um, Marvel rolled out, we talked last week how Marvel rolled out their list of how everything's being pushed back. DC yeah. just basically labeled their stuff to be pushed back. So all the new release dates, I'm not going to ramble, ramble through all of them, but now all the release dates for DC stuff is out there as well. So Okay. I mean, that's sad news, but yeah, yeah. again, it's like... It's none of this is surprising me. <laughs> yeah, I know. So. Um, okay, ready for the fun news that is surprising. All right. Okay. Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, James Gunn had a comment about this, which is interesting to me. He said, "I absolutely never said I wouldn't. I would not do a volume two, as I plan to do a trilogy from the beginning." So, okay. So he was always planning to do three. And then he, to finish off his quote, he says, I have no plans to do a fourth. So if Guardians of the Galaxy move on in the Marvel MCU, it won't be under James Gunn's hands after Volume 3. Um, that's unless they back a dump truck full of money up to his house. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> so, um, but I just thought that was, it was just a direct quote about it, and clearly he was... And that's kind of cool to know he had a trilogy in mind, which makes me think... 
that he had notes written down for volume three when he was doing volume one for the sake of callbacks. Like, what are we going to see? I mean, yeah, you always can look at the original movies and go, oh, that makes sense. But what was laid what was laid uh, out in volume one that we didn't notice for volume three? Makes me wonder. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, Venom 2 has a title. Did you hear about this? No, not at all. Okay, so potentially this is spoilers, but here's the thing. Venom 2 having a subtitle, it's going to be all over the internet. So giving a title I don't think is a spoiler because you can't really avoid the title of a movie. <laughs> right. um, you can avoid trailers, you can avoid pictures on the internet, you can avoid conversations with friends, but I don't think you can avoid the title. Venom 2 has been moved to July 25th of 2021, June 25th of 2021, sorry, June 25th, and the title of Venom 2 will be Let There Be Carnage. That's why I say it's a potential spoiler. And if you know about Spider-Man comic books, you know what I mean from that title alone. And I don't think anyone expected anything less of that movie. I can't wait. Yeah, it's another, like, it's really cool to hear. doesn't surprise me at all, but awesome. <laughs> yep. Um, all right. Fraggle Rock reboot coming to Apple TV+. Plus. So, okay. Um, he doesn't own Fraggle, Fraggle Rock? Uh, well, here's what's interesting, okay? This is something I think is very bizarre. First off, I don't know why it's going to Apple TV+. Plus. Um, so, which means I'm probably not going to watch it. Um, because that's a streaming service I don't have, and there's not enough on there to make me get Apple TV just for Fraggle Rock. Now, I love Fraggle Rock. I loved it when I was a kid. I love the Muppets. The Muppets are owned by Disney, but, and this is the weird thing, Sesame Street is an HBO show. Okay. So, like, even though PBS runs Sesame Street, PBS runs syndicated episodes of Sesame Street. Everything new is on HBO. Yeah. So it has to air on HBO first before PBS gets it. Um, if you go to HBO, like, if you go to HBO Now, HBO Go, or just HBO On Demand, however you access your HBO, the entire run of the original Fraggle Rock is there for you to watch. So I don't know why it's going to Apple Apple TV. That's <laughs> right. that's the big like mystery in my head is like why is it going to Apple TV? Um, so yeah, thoughts. I just, I'm kind of just dumbfounded. <laughs> You're kind of dumbfounded, like I am. Yeah, I just I don't understand. I, I just don't get it. But I mean, that's cool that they're bringing it back. I love the I love Fraggle Rock. So yeah, more yeah. more of that you stuff. Think it'll sure. be like a 3D animated movie or show or. Do you have any thoughts on it as far as that goes? I have a feeling it'll stick to the... I Hopefully it sticks to the puppets and everything because that's the point. Um, right, but I don't know. I just... For some reason I feel like it's going to be animated, but I guess we'll find out. Yeah, I guess we will. But if it is animated, <laughs> then we'll know that I grew up with the good one. Um, <laughs> speaking of animated, I'm going to go on a quick tangent. I cannot wait for the Netflix Masters of the Universe. Like, yeah, has, has there been more news that have? Came no, I just was listening. I was just listening to Kevin Smith's podcast, and it came up in conversation. And then um, I was listening to Kevin Smith's podcast. He started talking about it a little bit. And you're like, yeah, that's right, Masters of the Universe is coming. And then I was listening to Dragon Talk podcast, um, and they were interviewing uh, Tiffany. Um, 
Tiffany Smith, uh, just because she plays Dungeons and Dragons, and she mentioned that she's doing, uh, she's voicing one of the characters, and I'm like, oh my god, like, and I'm just like, I can't wait for the show. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I really can't wait, and I'm just really excited, and it made me, it makes me want to go and start Castlevania straight from the beginning again. Um, because the, <laughs> right, cause the right. animators who worked on Castlevania are working on Masters of the Universe, and it just makes me, like, I'm just so excited. Um, yeah, okay, moving on. Um, Disney reportedly begins work on The Mandalorian Season 3. Oh, okay. Yeah. For <laughs> um, a second I was like, is that, aren't they done with Season 2? But yeah, that's, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's why I paused, because of that moment of, it's the moment where you're just like, wow... Season three. Wait, wait, what? We just watched season one. So basically, <laughs> yeah. season one obviously is out. Season two, they're done with production, so it's all editing right now and like visual effects work that everyone's working on at home, so they can give it to us in October. So apparently, uh, series producer Favreau has just begun working on the strip scripts for the third season. Okay, that's literally like like we might as well. We got downtime. Let's work on the scripts. Um, yeah, there's no, there's obviously no dates or anything. It's just it's nice to know it's moving forward in this working at home thing. So, um, yeah. yeah. Yes, and here you go. <laughs> a new Star Wars Disney Plus series with a female lead is reportedly in the works. Sweet. Yes. So this is so. Let's talk about this real quick. So Star Wars stuff we know is coming. We have. Three new movies starting in 2022. Okay. Um, now, this is all hypothetical, obviously, because the COVID stuff could obviously postpone some of this. But theoretically, right now, we have three new movies starting in 2022 with a, with a two-year gap between each one. So 2022, 2024, 2026. Okay. We have the Obi-Wan Kenobi series coming. We have, obviously, more seasons of The Mandalorian. We have the Cassian Andor series coming. We have this new untitled female lead series coming. I don't know what that means. Um, <laughs> what I do think is interesting is they just made, um, during the time that I was going to C2E2, they had just made that announcement about Star Wars The High Republic. And it makes me wonder if they're looking at The High Republic as a storytelling space for all media. So we could be seeing television series from there. We could see movies from there. Like, that could be the new era of Star Wars that we are getting into. Um, and this is untitled. So to get away from the what happened onto the old Lucasfilm banner, let's do this new thing and do our own Star Wars and make it all connected. So that would be, and honestly, right now, that would be my guess. Okay. Yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty neat. Um... The way, like, the story was word worded, I kind of just didn't have a lot of thoughts about it. Like, it's cool to hear they're doing a new series, but, I mean, yeah, they have a new series that's uh, going to have a female lead, but past that, like, I don't know what that means or, you know, what we're even going to see. So, right. I, I've talked in the past, like, I always feel like Star Wars, compared to, like, superhero movies, like, I get... Superhero movies I anticipate more because you're talking about all the stuff we've already seen in the comics and comparing it to, like, you know, how, how it's going to look on screen and all this. But, like, Star Wars stuff, um, at least for me, a lot of it is, like, unknown until it's actually on the screen. So it's more of just, like, 
I see it. I think it's awesome. And then it's like the year, you know, for a couple of years, you're arguing about the philosophy of it and everything like that. And that's sure. kind of where I sit right now, but I'm glad they're doing more Star Wars series. Um, yeah, that's kind, of, <laughs> that's kind of my thoughts on that. Sure. Um, well, I just I'm glad to hear that they're doing more. I just was surprised to even have any announcement of anything, especially the Kenobi series isn't even really off the ground yet. The Cassian Andor series isn't really even off the ground yet, and we have more seasons of The Mandalorian coming. That's three television series by itself, plus the promise of new movies, and now they're going to tell us about this untitled thing. Like, wait, what? Like, And that's yeah. awesome, but you don't want to overload, and that's one of the things that they felt they kind of did a little bit. So, Yeah, and if it's in the works, like we don't even know when it's going to be shot and when it's going to come out and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and sometimes I wonder if they announce some of this stuff like too soon, you know, but it's still exciting to hear. Right. All right. Um, moving on. Three more stories. Uh, Tenant is still opens in July. Uh, do you know what Tenant is? Uh, maybe. I brought it I brought it up when we did our anticipated films um, podcast a while back. Uh, Warner Brothers confirmed Christopher Nolan's Tenant is still on target for a July 17th theatrical release so long as theaters are back open for business. Um, I feel like this is a movie that would get held back if for some reason um, theaters aren't allowed to open. Um, yeah. This movie, first off, this movie looks absolutely astounding in the sense of Dark Knight, Inception, all of the Christopher Nolan greats. Um, when I went and saw, was it Endgame? I think it was Endgame. Um no, it was. It couldn't have been Endgame because Endgame was too long. No, no, no. They did it in front of Star Wars because I remember a guy getting really mad, like start the movie, because <laughs> there were like a lot of trailers. And then when the trailer, yeah. like obviously there were a lot of trailers, like why not? But at the end of the trailers, they showed ten minutes of the movie Tenet. Okay. <laughs> and it was and it was awesome. It was great. But I remember when the trailer ended and they had to show that last commercial before the movie starts for the theater, and the guys and this guy in the back of the theater just yells, "Will you start the movie?" Yeah, um, that's honestly, if I was going to see Star Wars, that's how I would feel. If I was going to see, if I was like waiting to see some random movie I didn't care about, like I'm like, okay, let's see some Tenet. But I right. definitely can understand that. <laughs> not that. That's not saying like I'm sure Tenet will be an awesome movie. It's just. Yeah. You know, when you're going to see Star Wars, that's all you actually want to see. And I'll put it this way. The scene that they showed us in theater right before Star Wars was, um, it was a very heavy action, like SWAT team kind of a scene. And I wasn't really sure what was going on, but I knew it was awesome. Okay. The, okay. Footage, the footage was just great. Based on the footage I saw, I'm not fully sure what the movie's about. But we all thought that when we saw the trailer for Inception, and Inception was amazing. So, um, I'm hoping it's one of those, like, mind-bending type things that he did before with Inception. Like, I just don't know what it is. So, it just looks great. So Yeah, yeah, that's the thing with uh, Christopher Nolan movies, for the most part, is, like, I know it's Christopher Nolan, so I have, like, a lot of confidence that it's going to be great. But as far as worrying what the movie's about, I usually don't until I actually see it. Because, like you said, Inception's a perfect example, like... I could have gone crazy trying to research what that movie's going to be about. I kind of went into it blind, and I thought it was awesome. So yeah. that's just, like, an aspect of it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that sounds good. Cool. All right. <laughs> um, I got two more news stories. One of them is awesome. It's my favorite news story of the day. 
Uh, the okay. other one is scary slash cool at the same time. Which one would you like first? <laughs> uh, do the scary cool one. All right. Connecticut is testing social distancing pandemic drones. These drones, okay. these drones, and I thought about it, I'm like, this is the world we're going to be living in? These drones can monitor everything from people's temperature and heart rate to how often they cough. Okay. Yeah. So that's scary, but it's really cool at the same time. <laughs> Um, I mean, it's definitely interesting. I don't know. <laughs> I, I I kind of lean towards more towards the scary part because that's just like put. I don't know. I think that's just like way too much power. Where I'm like, okay, they can monitor when I cough. Like, can these things kill me and stuff like that? Hundred percent, hundred percent agreed. However, because yeah. I'm a big fan of technology and science fiction and space and like weird shit, that's awesome at the same time. <laughs> right. Um, but then I, I always I, I take the the side of like. Well, have you watched a science fiction movie and realized technology never is on our side? Has, have you so. watched the Black Mirror? You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, no, I just, I just, I'm like, I have to talk about this because that's, I just, I'm like, that caught my attention. No, that, that's absolutely insane. All right. Um, and now here is my favorite uh, story of the night that just made me so happy when I saw this. And uh, by the time this episode, by the time this episode drops, this will have aired on television already. So unfortunately, you'll be getting this news a little bit late. So I apologize, but the hit story hit today. So um, the cast of Parks and Rec are going to reunite for a half an hour NBC special to benefit Feeding America. Okay. Um, so it sounds like they're going to do a Parks and Rec reunion show, uh, for like a one, like a one shot, half an hour Parks and Rec reunion show. And it's going to be on NBC on April 30th. Neat. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. I was so excited when I saw that. So, um, (laughs) yeah, that was it. That's just going to be like, is it going to be a. Like, what kind of a special is it going to be? Is it going to be an episode? Or they, the, the, the articles are really vague, so it could be yeah. it could be an episode. It also could literally just be um, them doing, like, a telethon kind of... Uh, who knows? I have no idea. Yeah. And, and in, a social distancing, a in a social distancing world, I don't know how they would do it. Um, but uh, it reminds... Something that could be done... I don't know if... Did you... There's a... I think the episode. I, honestly, I think the episode is titled "Connected," and it's from Modern Family. Um, I don't know if did you ever you you've watched Modern Family a little bit, right? Yeah, but I don't think I've ever seen that episode. Okay, so the episode starts. This episode starts off with you see the desktop of Claire's computer, so it's like her computer screen, but you don't see anything else. And you see a mouse move, and it opens up the iMessage thing for Apple, and she calls Phil, and she basically says, hey, I'm at the airport, I, my phone fell in the toilet, um, I really don't want to use it right now, so I'm calling you on the computer, i got to talk to you about whatever, and he's too busy playing Halo on the Xbox to like pay attention to the phone call. <laughs> nice. So she gets frustrated and hangs up and then calls like her brother uh, Mitchell, and Mitchell's like in the middle of something. So the whole, the entire episode from beginning to end is phone calls between the family members, FaceTiming or using iMessage or whatever the case may be, and the story unfolds the way it does, and you get, like, multiple calls and, like, conference calls in, and it's it's a brilliant, brilliant episode, <laughs> but... That's pretty interesting. Um, I think, I, mean, I want to say the episode's called Connected. I just don't know what season it's in. Yeah, 
if like post quarantine, like they were actually able to put a Parks and Rec episode together like that, that would be so impressive. Like that would be crazy, but that'd be awesome. Um, your describing of that episode really reminds me of this movie Searching. Have you ever seen that? The movie Searching. Uh, no. Okay, so it has. Um, it stars the. I think the actor's name is John Cho. He's like uh, Harold from Harold and Kumar. Um, and basically what the movie is about is his daughter goes missing. Like, he's a father, and his teenage daughter uh, disappears. And the movie, t- it's like a found footage film, but it almost entirely takes place on his laptop screen. And you just watch, like, how he researches, like, what has his daughter been doing? Like, who has she been talking to? And it's all just, like, the mi- like how the mystery unfolds, but it's, like, almost all, like, on his computer screen. I think there's some, like, security camera footage and stuff like that in there, but it's, that movie's really good. Like, I'd highly recommend it. It's, like, a really fun ride, so, yeah. Yeah, that... That's just what it reminded me of, though. Right, that sounds cool, and while you were talking, I did a quick search for this. Um, The episode is called Connection Lost, and it's season six, episode 16. Um... So if for some reason, some way you have access to it, it's season six, episode sixteen. I totally recommend you check it out. It's really cool. So nice. I, I and you don't have to know anything about Modern Family to watch that episode either. So <laughs> nice. I actually thought you were gonna go the route um, where like that uh, Parks and Rec episode where they were actually doing a telethon. I thought you were gonna go that route. They just have to shoot it somehow where they're socially distanced and all that. But oh right. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm just excited. So April 30th, I'm going to go set my DVR now. I probably can't yet, but, <laughs> um, I just got to make sure I remember that. So, um, all right, man, do you want to, um, do the list for the night? Cause we're out of news and unless you want to chat about something else, we can move right onto the list. <laughs> yeah, that, that, let's go for it. All right, man. So, uh, Ryan, it's list time. So, uh, play the thing. the top five all right we're back uh peter this was your list so why don't you want to tell us why don't you want to you want to tell us what we're uh (laughs) what we're uh discussing this week if someone missed last week's episode right so um well i actually kind of took you up on your suggestion to do a year because we haven't done one in a really long time and uh I just chose 2010 just kind of like since it was 10 years ago and off the top of my head I couldn't think of any movies that came out that year. Um, It was kind of funny when I started looking up movies though because I realized oh this is the year that a lot of movies came out that uh, we talk about all the time on the show. I was like maybe this list will actually be pretty quick but uh, yeah that's pretty much it. It could be quick because okay so it was really funny when you brought this up like when you because i said you know i think offline i said we haven't done a year in a while or maybe i said it on an episode and you uh and you said yeah let's do a year we could literally just start doing years if we ever run out of topics (laughs) but i don't necessarily like i'd hate to have year after year after year become like episodes you know what i mean but um it's nice to do one of these every now and then so um (laughs) it was kind of fun to look this up um yes a lot of these movies uh, we talk about quite a lot, um, so we could be going through this pretty quick, um, but maybe not at the same time. Um, like, I know one of these movies I'm not going to talk about a lot. I have on my list, but I'm not going to talk about it a lot because we've blown a lot of 
sunshine at it already um, over the course of this show. Um, I right. will say this year, um, 2010, I saw 68 movies that year. Okay, I actually counted them up, and uh, I just went off the like Wikipedia list of like 2010 films, but I saw 43, I think. So 43? I actually counted this time. I uh, <laughs> I try go. and I try and count just because it makes me like you know what was I doing that year kind of thing. Um, and oh, the right. best picture for 2010 was The King's Speech, um, which I actually knew when I was writing when I was like looking through the list. I was like, oh yeah, The King's Speech. I knew I knew it as soon as I saw the title. Um, the the crazy thing is. So I know 10, 2010 is 10 years ago, but I feel like the King's speech is so much older than that for some reason, and I don't know why. <laughs> I, I totally agree with that statement. Um, I don't know why either. It's a good movie. I just thought it was a little boring. Um, I just didn't like the pacing of the movie, um, but I but the movie was really good, so. Right. Yeah, well, I guess it's my t- I gotta go first, right? Because this is... Uh, Do you have honorable mentions? I have two... Okay, same. So yeah, you can Okay, go I guess I gotta go first. So my first honorable mention for the night is Winter's Bone. Um, did you see this? No. Okay, the movie's phenomenal. It's a hard watch uh, because of the subject matter, but it's the it's a phenomenal movie. And this is also and the um, the reason I bring this up as an honorable mention is it's Jennifer Lawrence's breakout performance. Um, I mean, she was around before. Like a lot of people forget that she was uh, Bill Engvall's daughter on the Bill Engvall show. Um, but, uh, this was her breakout, um, first Oscar nomination performance and it kind of made her like put her name on the map basically. Um, but the movie's great. Uh, she's phenomenal. Um, but it's a hard watch. I just really wanted to bring it up as an honorable mention because it's a good movie and it kind of brought her into the world of, uh, uh, a forefront into the world of, uh, the industry. Uh, so Jennifer, if you're listening, um, Come on the show, because I know we none of us have anything else to do but do podcasts now. So, <laughs> <laughs> not where I thought you were going with that, but um, so hey, hey, everyone's doing everyone's doing shows from home, and the more I pay attention, the more these celebrities are like starting to like understand that they can do stuff from their house, and they're all getting on the internet, and no one has any reason to not. So why not? We might as well invite everybody onto the show. <laughs> yeah. Um, Winner's Bone came out before the uh, Hunger Games? Uh, yes. And oh, if, okay. And if wow. you look at how old Jennifer... If you look at... How about this? You could look at pictures of... Um, I know you know that I... You know that image of Jennifer Lawrence in the red dress that's on the internet every now and then? Uh, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I, I, don't I remember. I remember the Oscars 2010. I'm in a room full of people. The Oscars is on in the background. I'm watching it, and I remember like everyone like stopped, like conversation stopped dead in its tracks. Everyone turned at the TV at Jennifer Lawrence in this red dress, and they're just like, "Who is that?" <laughs> um. So it's just they, like I said, it kind of put her like that dress and that movie kind of put her on the map in terms of like. Um, her as an actress in the industry. Um, you could probably okay. just, you could probably Google Jennifer Lawrence red dress and it'll be the first thing to come up. Okay, um, fair enough. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I, yes, it did come out before uh, Hunger Games. If you look at her in the movie, like if you look at her in the red dress, she does not look as young as she does in the movie. Um, so okay. I don't know if that was an issue of her like makeup for the Oscars versus how she had to look for the movie. I don't know. But she looked younger in the movie than she did in person, so. 
Sweet. Yeah. You're, um, <laughs> I don't know why that pause was there. You didn't have anything to say. Anyway, uh, you got exactly. <laughs> your first honorable mention. Okay, so the, the first one I picked was uh, The Crazies. Um, ah. And this is a movie that... It's a. It's I th- like I think we've talked about this one before. Have we? It's it's not the most inventive. Well, I don't know how to phrase this. It's a pretty like run of the mill like zombie esque survival horror movie. But I think this movie I really like because of the um, suspense. Like it has such a high suspense level, and it's one of the one of these movies that I've watched uh, uh, since it came out. I've watched it a number of times with different groups of friends and stuff, and it still like holds up at least in my opinion. Like I still think it gets it's really suspenseful. I still think it's a really fun watch, and I just remember when uh, the first trailer for this movie came out, seeing it in the theaters. Like the trailer just like grabbed your attention. Like it just seemed like really exciting so i just i just appreciate that one so i thought i'd throw it out there cool um all right well my uh my final honorable mention for the night is scott pilgrim versus the world um we've talked about this movie ad nauseum um i love it i know you love it i don't know what else there is to say on this subject other than the fact that everyone should (laughs) pause these podcasts go watch scott pilgrim come back and finish the podcast (laughs) um absolutely uh, but yeah, Scott Pilgrim's fantastic. So it's just an honorable mention. But I just when I get to my list, I just I can't I couldn't put it on the five. So okay, fair enough. Yeah. But uh, you're up. My next, uh, oh, what's that? You're up. Oh yeah, <laughs> my next honorable mention is uh, Inception. So this this is an amazing movie. It's great. Um, absolutely one of my favorite movies of the year. I think it's. Uh, just with other movies that came out, there's other ones that, like, personally I like more. Um, but like, I, like I've said in the past, I think Inception is, like, a near-perfect movie. The only – and I've mentioned this before – the only problem I ever had with the film is I felt like they needed more of a explanation for how the dream-sharing technology worked. But other than that, like, I have absolutely no complaints, and I thought this movie was awesome. So Nice. All right. Um – well, that brings us to our actual list of five. Now, if this is your first time listening to us, um, I usually don't explain this part of the list or th- on the show, but uh, we're doing a year and we haven't done one in a while, and we're 90 episodes in, so I got to explain this. So this, if this is your first time listening to us, when we do a top five list, we don't technically rank our... When we do our top fives, they're not ranked. It's literally, these are our five favorites. However you want to look at them, these are our favorites. We always end up saving the, our favorite one to talk about last, but... For the most part, they're not ranked. When we do a year, we want to treat them like the Oscars. So this is technically our ranking of our five favorite films for that year period. Um, so we'll start with number five and work our way up to one. Um, the honorable mentions are really like these are the movies that just didn't make the cut. So um, here we go. Um, I guess I got first pick then, don't I? Yeah. So my number five pick for the night is The Book of Eli. Okay. Did you ever see nice. this? No, I actually never saw this one. This movie is awesome. Um, Everything about this movie is phenomenal. Um, So not to spoil the movie, uh, but I'm going to talk a little bit about it if you don't know what this is. It takes place in a post-apocalyptic world. So the apocalypse has happened. Um, The cast, you got Denzel Washington, Mila Kunis, Gary Oldman. Um, That's about it. Everyone else is like, there's not, those are the only big name actors in the movie, really. Um... Uh, Denzel Washington is 
traveling, he's basically a loner traveling across the uh, apocalyptic wastes heading somewhere. He's not sure where, he's just, he knows what direction he's going. And um, he ends up meeting Gary Oldman, who is searching for basically books. Gary Oldman's realized that, you know, knowledge is power and he's trying to collect books. And he's looking for a very specific book, and you don't know what that book is for quite some time in the movie. When you find out what the book is, you're kind of like, oh yeah, of course. And then when you find out that, yeah, there's some twists in there that I don't want to spoil. How's that? <laughs> um, but uh, Denzel Washington is fantastic. Mila Kunis is Gary Oldman, like top of his game. This is like a, it's not, I want to say it's like a Mad Max style apocalypse film, but it's not on a special effects level of Mad Max. This was like done almost like an independent film. Um, and it's really, really cool. And the, uh, the payoff as to what the book is and why the book is what it is, is just amazing. So, um, yeah. And the reason the movie is called the book of Eli makes sense when you see the end of the movie, <laughs> when you, when you, when you get to the end of the movie, you're going to think about the title and go, Oh, that's amazing. So it's just, it's absolutely brilliant in terms of the script writing and everything. It's, it does. The movie does get pretty violent in some parts, but it's, I mean, it's the apocalypse, so a lot of the violence is warranted, and it makes sense when you put it all together, as opposed to just, you know, people get complained about, like, senseless violence. I'm not going to watch that. It's senseless violence. Well, this is just one of those movies with a good story all around, so. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. You should, you should highly, I highly recommend it. It's great. So. Yeah, I, I think, um, it's one of those things, like, I remember the marketing, for the movie just being so vague that I just, I heard a lot of people say it was good, but anything I saw for the movie, I was just like, okay, I don't know what this is. I don't really know what's going on. And I kind of just didn't never went out of my way for it sort of thing. Sure. But uh, yeah, I'll definitely have to check it out at some point. Sure. Um, All right. Okay. So my first movie I want to mention is uh, my number five pick is Toy Story 3. Um, this is a movie we've talked about so much, but it was such a such a perfect uh, well. I wanted to say ending to that movie series, but it wasn't. Uh, you know, as we know now. But it was such a perfect uh, like kind of way to uh, end the story, at least at that point. And uh, um, it just hold like, on, hold it, on. It did end the story. I do not acknowledge that other movie that came out <laughs> because okay. it's not good. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> fair enough. But it's, it, it, it's just, uh, it, it hits you right in the feels. I think it's, like, super relatable. It's awesome. I don't know what to say about it we haven't said yet, so it's kind of hard to yeah. know where to go with this, but it's definitely one of my favorite movies of, the, of this year. Look, so we've, we've talked so much Toy Story 3. I'm not going to add to it because I totally agree. Everything you said, Toy Story 3 is an amazing movie, and that is why it's my number four pick. <laughs> um so, oh, nice. okay. <laughs> so yeah toy story 3 we totally matched just not on that level um so i'm gonna kick it back over to you and say toy story 3 was awesome they didn't need to make a toy story 4 they shouldn't have made a toy story 4 um <laughs> yeah all right man <laughs> you're going okay, cool uh, my number four pick to and this is no surprise to anyone who listens to the show but i picked how to train your dragon yeah uh, i'm, I really I'm not surprised series. Yeah, I really love the series. I think it's super creative. I think I just love the world they made, and uh, I don't know if I'm just biased towards it because I, 
enjoy that uh, world and stuff. But I do think by the time you get to the third movie, I do think that third movie is like really incredible <laughs> what they pulled off. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I've talked about this one a lot, too, so I don't want to talk too much about it right now. But, yeah, that's my number four. Great. Um, yeah, so it, like you said, these are all movies that we've talked ad nauseum about. <laughs> Um, yeah. <laughs> we talk, we talk about a lot. You, you picked a great year, Peter. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was, I, it was crazy when I was compiling my list. I was like, really this one too? Oh man. Well, when you said 2010, when we were last week on the show and I was like, 2010, what came out in 2010? I'll, I'll Google it later. And then we got off the show and I Googled it and I was like, oh my God, there's so many massive movies. <laughs> yeah. I'm like but I saw, is, like, I saw I everything thinking, like, that I'm, year. Yeah, but I, I guess I was thinking, like, this is before Star Wars came back, and it's before, like, there's the, there was MCU movies, but the Avengers had it came out, and I thought it was going to be a good year that was going to have some stuff we hadn't talked about, and then when I started, you know, researching what came out in 2010, I'm like, well, ah, oh, crap, we've already well, talked about in terms Well, you know? in terms of MCU movies, it was Iron Man 2. Like, so they were like, oh, at the, right. they were at the beginning of like, what is coming? You know what I mean? Like, we no, no one had any clue. So it didn't really matter. Um, <laughs> all right. So my number three pick for the night is Inception. Um, again, this movie's phenomenal. Um, it's a total mind bend of a movie. Um, but, uh, yeah, the, the movie is just great. I, I love it from beginning to end. So, um, and then, uh, the... The end of the movie is the eternal conversation. If you've seen the movie, did it fall over or did it not fall over? <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely. And to not spoil it, I guess you got to see the movie to find out what I'm talking about. Um, yeah, it's one of those, that movie moment is going to live on forever. And like, it's one of those things like I kind of wish that uh, they were still making like naked gun movies or something where they could like have some pretty good like parodies of that or something but i don't know what man i don't know if anyone i don't know if anyone tried parodying the end of inception that like exactly that i don't think anyone made a joke about it and i remember christopher nolan went on and he did an interview where he said if it fell over or not and it bugged me like I, i read the interview and i was like damn it why'd i read that it really bugged me to know what he said because the um because I didn't, I, I wanted that to be an eternal conversation. You know what I Absolutely. mean? Absolutely. And I, I, I thought that movie, that would have made the movie so much more iconic if you didn't know, because you'd be talking about it for so long. Um, like for example, when the Dark Knight came out, and at the end of the movie when Two Face dies, I wasn't a hundred percent convinced when I left the theater that Two Face was dead, um, because they didn't fall that far, and the way they fell he could have survived that fall. And um, I was like, dude, there's no way he's dead and they could use him for another movie. And you know what I mean? Like, I was totally convinced. So I then got my hands on the script for The Dark Knight and the very first thing I did was flip to the page where it talks about that fall and in the script, Two-Face dies. <laughs> so, um, I mean, we I all, mean, still, we, we all know that go. now because of Dark Knight Rises, but at the time we didn't know, so... I mean, I've got a couple thoughts here. Like, first of all, like, you still got to go by comic book rules. Like, unless you see a body, like, is he technically dead? <laughs> I do agree that in the Dark Knight, in that context, when I saw it, I understood it as he died. And I'm really quite certain that's what they were going for. But I still like the idea of, like, 
well, maybe there's a way we could, uh, you know, get him to come back. Uh, the other thing I was thinking is, like, even though Christopher Nolan did say what happened to that top, like, I don't know what he said. I never saw that interview. And really 90% of people out there didn't see that interview. So I feel like it's still the eternal conversation. No, it uh, is. It is. And I, even though I remember what he said, it still bugs me to watch that scene and think that he had an answer to that question. So I like... <laughs> absolutely. And it, it, it for me, it goes back to... Uh, and I, I'm going to totally butcher this, but I've heard the saying where it's like, essentially... While an artist is making a, a work of art, the art is for them. But once they release it to the public, the art is for the public, and it no longer, you know, it no longer belongs to the artist. And I think this is a perfect example of like, once you release that movie, like you don't have the control over what it means. You know, it's your execution of the movie that should have put, portrayed all the meanings that you had you know had in mind you know but now that it's out there it's actually the audience who brings the meaning to the work of art so even though christopher nolan might have said one thing or another i still don't know if it's valid i guess in a weird way if that makes sense no yeah that makes sense that's kind of how i would probably look at it yeah, that Especially makes sense. if it bugs you with how he answered that question. You know? No, it bugs me that he did answer the question, not how he answered it. It bugs me that he did answer the question. Yeah, like the correct answer is he should have said, "Well, what do you think happened?" To but it? right, he should have been he yeah. should have been the director that says, "I can't answer that question because the whole point of that scene was to make it the eternal conversation, and thirty years from now we should still be discussing it." That's the answer to that question, not "Oh, this is what happened." <laughs> so yeah, exactly. Um, so when I have, so when I finally get my movie made and I have to like have those rounds on the red carpet and that kind of stuff, that's my answer to the question. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> nice. um, so yeah, Inception, fantastic movie. That was my when number. You make Inception too. <laughs> Just hmm, kidding. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> the secret of the ooze. How many? How many layers do we have to go in that one? Yeah. <laughs> uh, there were like there were there were what five layers deep, right? In that five dream layers deep. And at the end, I think it was five. Um, you might be right. I, I, I probably, I don't want to sound cocky, but I probably am. <laughs> um, but I've been wanting to actually sit down and watch Inception for a while because I haven't watched it. And it, it kind of struck me that I haven't really watched Inception in a really long time. And it's a good movie. So um, anyway, what's your number three to get back on track? Oh, right on. Okay. So my number three pick is uh, Splice. And this is a weird Ooh, one. Yeah. Uh, but I think this this is a movie that, uh, like I mentioned with The Crazies before, I think this movie holds up as this thing where if you're with a group of people and you put this movie on, especially if people <laughs> this have is, never seen it. This is a weird movie to put on when you're with a group of people. <laughs> Exa- exactly, and that's why it's awesome because nobody is in store for what's going to happen. And even from like the first scene, there is like, when you first see, like, the original creatures that they create, like, even that is very jarring to see and stuff. And I just think, uh, besides, like, the shock value with this movie, um, I think, uh, I enjoy, like, the themes in this movie a lot. Um, the idea of creating life, the idea of, like, what consequences that has, what responsibilities you have. And I think a lot of it is pretty, um, like it's kind of like these eternal conundrums that we talk about. And I really appreciate that aspect of it. 
as well as just like really cool creature design, really good writing, um, and just really good special effects too. So yeah, I don't know if you have any thoughts on Splice necessarily, but I agree with literally everything you just said. Um, I was just going to add that, uh, the uh this movie caught my attention because um i was i'm i'm a big stargate fan and i remembered um i remembered seeing an interview with david hewlett from stargate atlantis um talking about how he had a role in this movie splice and i'm like what's that and i was like i like this guy from stargate i'm gonna what's this movie splice and then i was like oh this movie's like and then it just became what it is and i was like oh i really like adrian brody and sarah polly and this is this is a good like just the cast caught my attention and then the storyline yeah. i'm like all right i'm i'm giving this movie a go so at, but at that, the time it came out i think i like you could probably call me like a guillermo del toro fanboy and he produced the movie <laughs> so that's where i was like oh i'm in on this one so oh yeah see we how how did we find it is sometimes sometimes for these movies how would you find it is a good story <laughs> so um, yeah that's actually a cool <laughs> I wonder if there's an episode we could do like that, but I don't know how it would work, but yeah. Hmm. That, yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> I'm going I'm to think. a bonus one. <laughs> I'm going to think on that because that might be kind of cool. Um, yeah. All right, so this kicks it back to my number two, right? And I was kind of curious if we were going to match on this one. Maybe not in the same ranking, but I was wondering if we were going to match on it. But then I thought, you might not have seen this. Uh, so my number two pick for the night is Exit Through the Gift Shop. Oh man, okay. I haven't seen this movie. Oh my and god. So many people have told me about it. Dude, you need to see this movie. <laughs> so when, when this movie was getting a ton of buzz, I think it was on Netflix, and I didn't have Netflix at the time. And like, I know I should watch this, and it's right up my alley. I just, it's kind of stupid that I haven't seen it. But is it on Netflix? Is it on Netflix now? I don't think so. Okay, so how about this? I'm probably gonna search it as soon as we get off the phone, though. Um, what what I'll tell you is this: is for the if you don't know if you've when people reference Banksy as an artist, and you wonder where that all came from, Banksy became a household name because of this movie. Um, the, the yeah. So Banksy is a street artist, like a guerrilla street artist. Uh, and when I want to say guerrilla street artist, you're technically talking about graffiti. Um, and defacing property, um, but it's all art, and the whole point of the movie was to show how graffiti art is still art, like all this guerrilla artist stuff is still art. So there's a film, so this guy's making a documentary about street art, and he's following around all these graffiti artists, and he's, like, talking to some of these famous guys that, like, and, like, you wouldn't necessarily, like, you might see something, like, out in the wild, like, in the real world, and you wouldn't necessarily, like, think about it as art. And then, like, after you see this movie, you're like, oh, man, I totally have seen that before. You know what I mean? Like, you've, like, I've seen that on a wall of a building before. Like, I didn't realize it was, you know, and you just don't think about it in that aspect. Because yeah. um, there was, like, one of the artists that they talk about on the show, he literally takes, he takes the images of, uh, like, Galaga or Space Invaders or, like, you know, Atari figures, like the little space ones, and he blows them up, and he puts them on the sides of buildings. And when I say blows yeah. them up, like, blows them up to, like, the size of, like, a notebook or, like, a laptop computer or something, and, like, puts them on the sides of buildings. So they're not very big, but, like, you'd see them, and you're like, oh, I've, I've seen that before. Um, mm -hmm. What happens, though, is eventually he start. He eventually he meets Banksy, who he interviews. Now, Banksy, in the film, he keeps himself completely shadowed, so you can't see who he is. And you get to see Banksy's story a little bit, but the film takes this weird shift 
and becomes like at some point in the movie it takes this weird turn and again this is a documentary so it's a true story but there's a weird turn in the middle of it where it becomes about the guy making the documentary and you start asking okay. and you start asking yourself who's actually making the movie is it one of the street artists or is it the guy making the documentary okay that's it, it, really weird it's it's really weird but it is literally one of the coolest movies you're ever going to watch and you're going to watch it is a legit documentary it's right? a legit documentary it's a legit true story everything in the movie is 100% real but you're going to be watching the movie going who's making this movie and what that's the hell's really going weird. on and you're going to you're going to finish the movie and you're going to be left in this weird state of existentialism where you're just like what the heck did i just watch and <laughs> that was amazing i need to watch that again um and th- there was okay, so- now, now I have to see it because I don't understand how this could work while still being like a actual like true documentary. <laughs> well, so, like I feel like I have to see. There it was now. there was so much buzz about this movie leading up to the Oscars that year that I had to see the movie, and I made sure I got it in just in time for the Oscars. And then ever since then, every now and then someone drops a Banksy joke, and you're just like, at least I saw the movie, so I understand what that joke meant. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, um, absolutely. But no, the, I mean I've uh, I know who Banksy is just for, like through his art and stuff like that, and I knew he took a big part in this movie. But he's obviously got some awesome stuff and like some really genius uh, works that he's put out there. Like one of the more recent ones that I just thought was like especially genius was he had that he had a piece that it was like a painting on canvas or whatever that was auctioned off, <laughs> and it was somehow like programmed so that. There was, like, a shredder inside the painting that was, like, set to shred the painting as soon as it was sold sort of thing. And it's just, like, this commentary on, like, you can't put a price on art and is artwork meant to be sold and, like, all that. And I just think it's, like, really funny that somebody bid thousands of dollars on the thing and right before they paid for it, it was essentially ruined. I thought it was, like, especially genius. But, uh, no, yeah, I'm kind of going on a tangent here, but... um, no, this movie just sounds awesome, and like, I definitely like graffiti a lot as well. So I definitely want to check it out. Um, <laughs> there, don't know I haven't sort of thing. There's, I, I just did a quick Google search. Amazon Prime has it for rent for three dollars. Um, so, okay. So at yeah, the very, at the very, at the very least, you could, at the very least, you could rent it off Amazon. I don't know if Netflix or anybody else has it, but I just did a quick Google search. So nice. Um, all right. Uh, you're number two, man. Right. Okay. So my number two is uh, Kick Ass. Yeah. So, <laughs> this made the short. Li- this made the short list, and it was so hard to not um, put it on my actual. Pick. Yeah. This is yeah. this is one where it's just like I don't know that I think it's the best movie that came out this year, but it's one of the ones that I relate to a lot, and like personally, I enjoyed so much, and uh, it's kind of like. Growing up, like, being into comic books, like, this is the movie that, like, I always wanted to see, and then, you know, in 2010, like, it actually was made, and I just think it's, like, awesome, and I like how it's really meta, but it's also really real world, but it's also just, like, in that sort of, like, comic book fan world as well, like, so much, and uh, it's kind of hard to know where to start with this one. I don't know if we've talked about Kick-Ass a lot on the show, um, but this is just one of those ones that... I'd say it holds up just because I've watched it so many times. And, uh, yeah, it's just 
it's just a really fun ride. It's like, it's, it's a really like action packed movie. That's really funny. And there's a lot of gore, but it's not like gore that turns you off. It's like gore that like is really fun to watch and stuff like that. So I don't um, know if you have any thoughts here or anything. Before, <laughs> before I give you my rundown on kick-ass, um, I did a, I, while you were talking, I was doing a quick work and I watched exit through the gift shop and you know how google does this is a total tangent dude so i'm sorry um you know how if you start typing google kind of does the predictive things and you can see what the internet was looking for yeah so the top four so i just typed in where can i watch and i stopped uh the top four is uh where can i watch the nfl draft where can i watch the last dance (laughs) <laughs> I don't know why that's one of the most searched items. Um, and then where can I watch Parasite and where can I watch Friends? But I was like, The Last Dance? <laughs> what? <laughs> what is The Last Dance? I don't know. I just was like, why is that one of the like second most I know, searched things? I know, thing? the last dance, I know but... that like... <laughs> um, I wonder if it's like a new reality show or something. But as soon as I typed in Exit, it came up. So, um... Uh, Exit Through the Gift Shop is available on YouTube for $1.99, Google Play, Amazon, Vudu, iTunes. Oh, okay. There you go. Okay, back to uh, Kick-Ass. Um, Kick-Ass, yeah. Kick-Ass, um, what I loved about this movie is that everyone was talking about it in the terms of this is what a superhero movie is if superheroes were real. And um, you watch the movie and that's exactly what it is. And it's, it is incredibly violent and bad language and you know when you have this little girl you have this little 12 year old like screaming obscenities and stabbing guys with knives um you don't like you think to yourself that sounds horrible and then you see the movie and you're laughing and you're like cheering her on and like this is amazing and not right at the same time like they did they did like all these things so right from the beginning to end they basically took this comic book that was so like adult and in your face and they went let's do this we're going to do this as a movie and we're going to do this for real and we're not going to pull anything back we're going to just throw every punch and it's going to land and it's going to be great um mm-hmm. and that's the best way i can describe kick-ass because that's exactly what it was so um yeah yeah and it was awesome and uh oh i just wanted to comment because like you did say like everybody said like this is a superhero movie like if superheroes were real and I do agree with that to an extent but I've heard people argue against that where like well Kickass isn't realistic and they're like come on like in the last <laughs> at the end of the movie he's like he has a jetpack on and he shoots a bazooka into a building and it's like okay that is that does seem really far fetched but the thing about Kickass that makes it real is the way the characters react to things and like it's like the idea of like if a teenager actually actually pursued being a superhero, like the way he reacted to it, the way the characters behave, the way it's written does seem real as far as their reactions, even if certain things are a little far fetched, I still think it's like, it's really awesome. So yeah. And that's, um, and yeah, so we just experienced some ridiculous technical difficulty. We're talking about uh, Kick-Ass, and Peter loved it. <laughs> um, yeah. I love it, too. Um, where it cut off on us, Peter, was that we were talking about uh, the uh, how uh, how real it was, but how far-fetched it can be at the same time and that kind of stuff. So at the end of the day, that's probably how a realistic comic book movie would end up being. So. Yeah, and, like, I mean, I don't know if it cut me off, but I was just saying, like, the way the characters are written and behave and stuff like that, I think 
that's where it gets actually real, really realistic as opposed to just the events that happen. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what's uh, um, your next pick? Okay, so my final pick for the night, my favorite pick for the uh, 2010 is Black Swan. Um, and that is, uh, we talked about it a while, a little while ago when we did our, um, character performances, um, actor performances in a movie. Um, this is, uh, Natalie Portman, like master at her craft. Um, this movie as a whole, um, is, it's a hard watch because of subject matter only. So the basic, the basic premise of the movie is this is about a, a ballet studio putting on a production of Swan Lake. But it's a very meta film in the sense that here's a production company putting on the production of the ballet Swan Lake while the movie itself is the story of Swan Lake at the same time. Um, right. So it becomes very meta. But this is a movie where uh, the direction of Aaron Ar- uh, Darren Aronofsky, Aronofsky <laughs> if I can pronounce his name properly, um, it's it's like a, it's a masterpiece of directing. It's a masterpiece of a screenplay masterpiece of cinematography there are so many cinematography like nuggets camera work special tricks with the camera that you have to watch the movie like four times to catch them all like i still watch the movie and i catch things and i'm like oh my god i never saw that the first time making sure you're watching it in high def is going to make you see stuff differently than you did if you didn't um natalie portman's performance is mind-blowing everything about this movie from top to bottom is phenomenal um, I, this is a movie, like I said, it's a hard watch. I watched it, I think twice back to back, uh, when I first saw it and then I didn't watch it for a while. And then it was one of those things where I was just like up one night, couldn't sleep. I'm like, I'm going to watch Black Swan, which is a weird thing to happen late at night. But, um, the, uh, but the movie, every time I watch it, the movie's just awesome. And it's just one of those movies that's just going to be like an amazing film that, isn't going to get talked about a lot because of the subject matter, but it's so good, man. It's, it's so good. Um, yeah. I don't know if you have anything about it. I don't even know if you've seen the movie, but, uh, that's... yeah, we talked about it last time. I, I still haven't seen it. I remember when it came out, I thought it looked really awesome. And just like from the trailers I'd seen, like you mentioned the cinematography, like I thought it looked like a gorgeous film. Um, I'm definitely really interested. I just haven't had the chance to see this one yet. Yeah, it's it's just great. So I recommend it. But that's my favorite film from 2010. So there you go. Awesome. Uh, which would move into my last one, um, which is uh, Scott Pilgrim. I definitely think this is my favorite movie this year. And it's just one of those things like I remember seeing it in theaters and uh, I I knew it was based off a comic and I saw some trailers and I thought it looked kind of interesting, but I didn't really, really know what I was in for. And I remember that opening, uh, when they show the universal logo and it's all like low fi, like, I don't want to say eight bit graphics, but it's definitely like pixelated and they have that chip tune version of the universal theme song. And I felt like I was all in from there. Like I was sold there, but then the movie kept going. And to me, it didn't disappoint at all. And like, where I mentioned, like, Kick-Ass is, like, the movie I always wanted to see growing up as a comic book fan. I think Scott Pilgrim is the movie I always wanted to see as just kind of, like, a weird, nerdy kid, as well as just being, like, into video games and stuff like that. And uh, it's one of those things, like, I went on to read the, the graphic novel, and, uh, like, the comics have so many of those video game moments and references, even more so, and it's just, like, an awesome 
I don't know. I, I, I love the comics, too. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of, like, stumbling over my words a little bit here. But this is one that it's just, like, I've watched time and again. I've, I always find new things to enjoy, and uh, I just think it really holds up. Um, yeah, I don't know if you have any thoughts on this. I well, mentioned it a little bit a little bit earlier. No, so. this is just a movie we talk about quite a bit, and it comes up a lot. Exactly. We so, we, exactly. you know, when we talk, to, we talk video game movies or we talk, you know... It, uh, sound it came up in soundtracks it came like it comes up every now and then so and movies are going to overlap when we do these lists um yeah. so yeah but this is this is a great movie and i talked about it earlier so i don't know what to add to it because we've talked about it i mean if you really want to hear lots of thoughts on scott pilgrim go back a handful of episodes you'll hear us talk about it a lot so exactly um, and, I, and i will say if there's anybody out there who loves this movie but hasn't read the uh comics like they definitely should check them out because they're really good and like uh if you like, like, behind-the-scene things uh, in movies and stuff, like, in the Scott Pilgrim graphic novels, at the end of each uh, book, uh, Brian Lee O'Malley has, like, little, like, uh, he calls them blog posts, but they're just kind of, like, little, uh, you know, little things that he writes about, like, what he was thinking while he was making the comics and his influences and stuff, and that stuff's really awesome, too, so, yeah. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Um, all right, well, you ready to hear what we're doing uh, for next week's ep- episode? Yeah, let's hear it. All right, so I'm done thinking that it's too close to home. Um, I think we need to do our virus movies or virus stories lists or whatever. Um, it's kind of becoming, there's so much COVID-19 stuff going on, it's like, it's time to start looking at this in a different light. So let's kind of try and laugh about it a little bit. Let's talk about um, let's talk about all the virus movies we think are cool, or virus television shows, or books we've read, or whatever. So this is kind of a a virus story list that we kind of put on hold because we were gonna do it, and then everything seemed too real and scary. And now I yeah. don't feel, and I feel like we can still do it. And um, I don't want to make light of the subject, but it's more of a, hey, man, there's some really cool stuff out there under the subject matter because I'm just interested in the general sense. Um, and I like this kind of stuff, so why not, you know? so. Absolutely. Um, so this is just virus stories. Right? Yeah, like so so the, re- the reason I say that is, like, if, if there's a movie you think is cool, if there's a television an episode of television, cool. Um, if there's uh, a book you read that is viruses, like, why not? If there's a comic book story arc, um, one of the Justice League story arcs I know was, like, there's a Justice League story arc, there's a Batman story arc, uh, Walking Dead, I guess, counts. Like, anything that, like, virus-related counts. Um, okay. So um, it kind of covers all medium, and that's the way I wanted to put it because um, there's some items that I kind of want to bring in from other media than just film so that's great and the only thing is it has to be a and i don't know if i'm using the right term but like a biological virus like we're not doing computer viruses for example no we're i was talking biological virus yeah yeah and i don't know i didn't know biological was right because i know people there's a whole argument about like viruses being living or not or you know, all the scientific stuff that I honestly don't know about. You know what? Because I'm, I'm not that kind of nerd. Biolo- Biological is <laughs> a really good aspect because viruses, no matter how you look, if uh, aside from computer viruses, viruses affect us on a biological level. I don't, there you go, yeah. It doesn't matter if you say they're alive or not alive. They affect us on a biological level. <laughs> so, yes, biological virus is what I was referring to. And if the zombie apocalypse is part is counts, then that's fine, too. So... But yeah, okay, cool. I, I say let's talk about it. Let's get it off the table. Let's, um, you know, we're... Yeah, so it's, it's like any... Sorry, I just 
had a thought. Like, if any zombies, as long as it's not, like, supernatural zombies. Like, yeah, and... uh, like the Deadites in uh, Evil Dead are not uh, virus zombies. No, but the, zo- but the zombies in Resident Evil are virus zombies. Yep. So <laughs> I'm uh, going to have five Resident Evil movies to talk <laughs> right. about next week. <laughs> well, I just we we were gonna do this we were gonna do this episode, and then all the virus stuff happened, and it just seemed a little too close to home. But I think people are kind of like I think people want to laugh about it, and they just don't know how. So, and I'm not trying yeah. to make light of it. I'm not trying to make it funny. I'm just like let's like let's just talk about this and make it kind of fun to talk about, you know? So, because there's some good Sounds movies good. out there, and I don't know if we're gonna be seeing like a week. Look. I have a feeling when this is over, Sci-Fi Channel is going to have so many, like, out-the-door virus films. <laughs> I absolutely thought about that, because, um... So... Yeah, I was, I was listening to... I was listening to or reading something recently about, uh, the Manson family murders, and I, I was thinking about how, like, that event, or, like, JFK is, like... These are, like, events that, like, affected media for years afterwards because everybody was thinking about conspiracies and like you know like yeah take like the jfk uh assassination there's tons of books and movies you know influenced by that and i was thinking about like in a post-coronavirus world like what kind of media are we going to get and that's a really interesting thing to think about as well you know are we going to have so many new virus stories like you just said like the sci-fi movie is going to have like I don't know, Python versus virus or something, <laughs> something like that. But yep. you know what I mean? Like it's going to be crazy. So, yeah. All right, man. Um, well, that brings us to the end of the show. Um, another episode in the can. Um, nice. the, uh, yeah. So, uh, why don't you guys do us a favor? Sorry. For some reason I kind of spaced there for just a brief second. Um, it's been a weird episode. It, it has been a weird episode. We had a false start, and then we had technical difficulties in the middle. Oh, we're fine. Uh, I'm worried right. that you're going to be able to open the can, actually, and put the episode in there. Oh, I'll be fine. I'll, I'll, yeah, Hopefully I'll be fine. the can doesn't get stuck. Yeah, right. Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> do us a favor and check us out at our website, top5report.com. There you'll, find, there you'll find links to all of our social media, Twitter and Facebook, along with the link to our email, top5report at gmail.com. Um, you can interact with the show there or hit us up on our social media. Um, you can, uh, if you, we are, ha <laughs> ha, hmm, I stumble over this for some reason all the time. We are on Stitcher, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts. There you can, uh, subscribe to us. And if you do subscribe to us, you won't miss out on a single episode. You can also leave us a review, um, which we love the five stars, but we also understand criticism because it helps us get better and it makes the words we say feel important. Um, you can follow me personally on Twitter and Instagram at Drew3927. Peter? Uh, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at NinjaPierre, and that's where I will be instructing my followers how to do a thingy on that rail. <laughs> awesome. Right, dude, <laughs> I'm gonna, um, we're gonna end this, um, so <laughs> for the Top 5 Report, I'm Drew. I'm Peter. And we'll see you next week. Have a good night, everybody. Bye.